Chapter 8 Forgiveness is our prayer lifestyle. Jesus teaches us, If your brother shall trespass or sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear you, take one or two more with you, so that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he neglects to hear the church, let him be to you as a heathen and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you shall bind on earth shall occur, having been bound in heaven, and whatever you shall loose on earth shall occur, having been loosed in heaven. Again I say to you that if two of you shall agree on earth as regarding anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in their midst. Matthew eighteen fifteen to 20 We like binding and loosing things in our prayers without doing the first things first. Forgiveness and repentance. God hates it when brothers and sisters in Christ fight. Amos 1 verse 11 Unfortunately, in some churches and some families, people are praying together, but they are fighting with each other. They have some unforgiveness in their heart. I, Jerry, was guilty of unforgiveness towards my Christian brothers and sisters until I agreed with the report of the Lord, Jesus, for two cannot walk together except they be agreed. Amos 3 verse 3 If I want to enjoy fellowship with Jesus, I need to forgive my brothers and sisters, as Christ forgave me. People will say, You do not know what they did to me. Now, Jesus will tell you also, You do not know what they did to me. They crucified me, whipped my back. Who wants to compare scars with Jesus? Jesus tells us that when we pray to our Father in heaven, we need to ask him to forgive us our sins, debts and trespasses, because we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Luke 11 verse 4 It is sowing and reaping. Give and it shall be given unto you. Have you forgiven other people their sins and trespasses they have done against you? Have you forgiven the debts of people who owed you first, before you want God to forgive your debts? Let us talk about forgiving people their debts, so that God will also forgive you all your debts. Jesus said, If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be the sons and the daughters of the Most High. For he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be put into your bosom. Because with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Luke six thirty-four to 38 
People use the verse 38 of Luke 6 when it comes to money, but when we look at it in the context, Jesus is saying, if you forgive people, you will also receive forgiveness. If you cancel people's debts, yours will also be cancelled. If you do not judge and do not condemn people, you also will receive no judgment and no condemnation. It is not just about money. If you are merciful, you also will receive mercy. For he who has shown no mercy shall have judgment without mercy, and mercy exalts or triumphs or prevails over judgment. James 2 verse 13 God will forgive your debts, your sins, your transgressions, because you have done the same according to the words of Jesus in Luke 11.4. God will not judge you nor condemn you, and will be merciful to you because you have done the same to your fellow humans according to Luke 11 verse 4. And that is what Jesus was explaining to his disciples and to you and me today. Sometimes in the church there is partiality going on. Some people are better treated than others because of their income, their social status, their ethnicity, their skin color. God hates it. We honor everybody and respect them for their achievement, but in the eyes of God they are the same, so we should see with the eyes of God. My brothers, do not have the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect to our faces or partiality. For if there comes a gold-fingered man in fancy clothing into your assembly, and if there also comes in a poor man in shabby clothing, if you have respect for him who has a fancy clothing, and say to him, You sit here in a good place, and say to the poor, You stand there, or sit under my footstool. Did you not make a difference among yourselves, and become judges with evil thoughts? James 2 verse 1 to 4 Yet God is not partial to princes, nor does he regard the rich more than the poor, for they are all the work of his hands. Job 34 verse 19 It saddens my heart when I see such partiality in churches. I walked into a church and the first thing the person who was the head of the prayer group told me was, What do you do in life? I said, Nothing. And he said to me, in our church, if you are a doctor or have a PhD, in a year's time you can become assistant pastor, because we believe that we need highly educated people to preach the gospel, successful people, and people of influence in society. I said to him, what is wrong with the fishermen and the carpenters? Jesus chose them to be his disciples. He said, no, those days are over. We need to compete with the world. Let me tell you the truth. The eyes of those church leaders are on the income of those people. That is why they make them leaders quickly, to secure their tithe and offering. People wonder, why are other people being partial to me in my place of work? They should ask themselves, have I been partial towards any brother or sister? It is sowing and reaping. In the place of prayer, God will only forgive us because we have forgiven our fellow human. People tell me, I do not understand why people are always criticizing my actions, even when I only make a small mistake. 
It looks like they show me no mercy. Brethren, I get away with many things. I know that I made a mistake or I used the wrong word, but people overlook them because I also overlooked other people's mistakes and showed them mercy. Peter thought that there should be a cap or limit to the number of times you can forgive the same person because otherwise people will abuse his forgiveness and think maybe he's a weak person that cannot defend himself. That is why he keeps on forgiving the same offender. And many of us, when our mind is not renewed, think that when we are forgiving people, we are weak. We should have said to that person, This is your last chance. If you do it again, I will no longer forgive you. Thank God for Brother Peter for asking a question that you and I dare not ask. So Peter said, Lord, how often should my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Matthew 18 verse 21. Peter said seven times because for the Jews seven is the number of perfection and on the seventh day God rested of all his works. So at least if I had forgiven him seven times, then that was it. I was done forgiving the same dude. But Jesus said to him and to you and me today, I do not say to you, Jerry, up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven, which is four hundred and ninety times. So in a day, if you do not sleep for 24 hours, you will have to forgive that same person every 2 minutes 56 seconds. In other words, always forgive. I used to deal with a friend of mine. We were not living in the same town, so I would travel to go and see that friend so that we could pray and study the Bible. That friend was a tremendous blessing to my life in prayers and in prophecies. I acted on the prophecies that friend gave me, even the prophecy of Revelation 11. But that friend started to cancel some of our meetings. Many times it was at the last minute when I was already in that town. So I said within myself, I have wasted my money by coming here, and it did not happen just once, but several times. And every time I forgave that friend and said to myself, Jesus never forced anybody to pray or study the Bible, so Jerry, I command you to walk like Jesus walked. But it started to become frequent, instead of being sporadic, and deep inside myself I was saying, next time, when that friend tells me to come, so that we can study the Bible and pray, I will tell that friend, no thanks, I'm not bothered anymore. I was hurting my ego. Having an ego simply means that I am not dead to self in that area, that is all. I need to crucify my flesh. That was my decision in my heart. And that friend called me again to come and pray. I wanted to open my mouth and vent my feeling, but only a fool vents all his feelings or utters all his mind. So I agreed to crucify my ego and go again to pray with that friend. Proverbs 29 verse 11 I am telling you this so that you will know that I am but a human and have feelings, but when they do not line up with the word of God, I am behaving like a fool. Therefore I must bring those thoughts and feelings, even my ego, into captivity, to the obedience of Christ, for they exalt themselves against the knowledge of the word of God. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5
So I went and prayed with that friend, and the next day we were to meet again, but that friend cancelled again. So I said, that's it, I'm done. And the Lord spoke to me how Samuel felt when the people rejected him and asked for a king. Samuel said, I have only been good to those people, never taken their money to minister the word of God to them, prayed for them, and still they have chosen to have a king over them, and they are ready to give not just 10% to the temple, but also 10% of their income to the king. I never used their sons as my servants, but the king will take their sons and make some of them his servants. What have I done to these people that they have rejected me? So Samuel said to the people, Here I am. Witness against me before the Lord and before his anointed, Jesus. Whose ox have I taken, or whom have I cheated? Whom have I oppressed, or from whose hand have I received any bribe with which to blind my eyes? I will restore it to you. And the people said, You have not cheated us or oppressed us, nor have you taken anything from anybody's hand. 1 Samuel 12 3-4 I realized that I felt like Samuel, caring for the people and pouring my life into them, and now my services were no longer required. I wanted to know what I had done wrong, for I truly cherished that time of fellowship with my friend. Paul also felt the same way with the Corinthian church. He said, Now for the third time I am coming to you. And I will not be burdensome to you, for I do not seek what belongs to you, but you, your spirit, soul, and body. For the children ought not to lay up treasure for the parents, but the parents for the children. And I will gladly spend for my journey fares, my accommodation, my sustenance, while I will be among you, and be spent for your souls. In the time I teach you the word, pray with you and pray and fast for you. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved. I feel like it's a one-way love. You have not responded according to the love I have shown toward you. But be that as it may, I did not burden you. Nevertheless, being crafty, I caught you by cunning. Did I take advantage of you by those whom I sent to you? 2 Corinthians twelve fourteen to 17 I robbed other churches, taking wages from them to minister to you. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 8 They paid for my journey fares, my accommodation, and my sustenance. Some of the churches that gave to me were poorer churches than you, like the Macedonian church. It broke my heart to take their money and come to minister you free of charge. I felt like they were robbed. So, after God gave me the examples of Samuel and Paul, how they felt in a similar situation, the Lord told me to do the same thing Samuel did and said to the people, I purposed in my heart that even if I do not know the reasons behind my friend's actions, and though I was hurt in my ego, I refused to stop praying even fasting for my friend in my closet. I will keep standing in the gap to intercede for my friend. So I texted that friend of mine, saying, The Lord will not forsake you because you are part of his people, for his great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you his people. Moreover, as for me, your brother Jerry, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. 1 Samuel twelve twenty-two to 23 
We should always be praying for one another, no matter what, and sometimes we do not know the reasons why our friends have stopped relating with us, or have stopped texting us, or calling us. We should always pray for them. I beg everyone who reads these Bible studies to keep praying for Jerry, for I too pray and fast for every Bible study the Lord asks me to write, so that I have sown that seed of prayer and fasting in the life of everybody who reads these Bible studies, that God will meet them at their point of need and transform their life like he did mine. And a week later, as I was traveling to another town to preach, the Lord spoke to me. The people chose other gods over me in the Old Testament throughout the book of Judges. They only came back to me when they were in trouble and in bondage to their enemies. That was when they remembered me and called upon me for me to deliver them. I also was not happy. I wanted them to be with me also when everything was good in their life, when they were prosperous. Why should I always have them when they are broken, famished, impoverished, oppressed and distressed? The people sinned so many times against me by choosing other gods over them, and when they were in trouble it came back to me asking forgiveness, so that I will deliver them. So I did forgive them and deliver them, but after they have used that trick over me many times, I felt like they were not genuine in their love and repentance towards me. So the day came when they were again in trouble and greatly distressed. So the children of Israel cried out to me, the Lord, saying, We have sinned against you, because we have both forsaken you, our God, and served the Baals. Judges 10, verse 10. So I, the Lord, reminded them how I delivered them from the Egyptians, and from the Amorites, and from the people of Ammon, and from the Philistines, from the Sidonians, from the Amalekites, and from the Midianites, who oppressed them when they cried out to me. Yet, every time I delivered them, they forsook me and served other gods. Therefore, I, the Lord, will deliver them no more. Why should I forgive them and then deliver them? They are not genuine. They pull the same trick on me every time. I'm not falling for that any more. Go and cry out to your gods which you have chosen. Let them deliver you in your time of distress. Judges 10, 12-14 I understood now what God felt when he said those words in Judges. God will never ask us to do something that he's never done himself. God is love. He does not have love, but he is love. And the same love of God has been shed abroad in our heart when we received the Holy Ghost. Romans 5 verse 5 Love covers a multitude of sins. It does not matter how many times people have sinned against you. Love will compel you to have mercy on them and cover their sin once again and pray for them. God who is love took the risk of being hurt and forsaken another time, the risk of his people choosing other gods after he had done all the job of delivering them and prospering them. As we read in Judges 11, God delivered his people again through the hands of Jephthah. So you too forgive people, pray and even fast for your friends when they are in distress and sick, even if some reward you evil for good, or even if after they are delivered they decide not to restore their fellowship with you. Be a man or a woman after God's own heart like David in Psalm thirty-five, twelve to 13 They rewarded me evil for good, bereaving my soul. But when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth, 
I humbled my soul with fastings, and my prayer returned into my own bosom. But some months later, my friend in question realized that I was no longer calling as much as I used to do. So that friend decided to talk to me. And that is when I explained to my friend what I felt, and my friend explained to me that sometime the reason a person cancels a meeting is because one does not have money for transportation and does not want to ask. I said to my friend, I told you long ago that money is not an issue. I can cover your transportation. But my friend told me, sometimes one does not want to be a burden to anybody, especially financially. And we talked in length, for many wrong ideas about what I thought about that friend have polluted my friend's mind likewise. Many thoughts about what my friend thought about me have also polluted my mind. The devil, who is the accuser of the brethren, had done his job well, accusing us to God, to ourselves and to each other. And after we have talked for about an hour, we realize that none of what each other thought in his mind was the truth, but the accusation of the devil. So we apologized for treating each other that way, and that was it. Sometimes you just need to talk to people and tell them in love what is in your mind. God spoke to me about Samuel and Paul, but did not tell me that the problem of my friend was transportation money. And I assume that my friend knows that I'm a man of my word. If I say I will pay for your transportation, I do not need to say it twice. Paul tells us, Finally, my brothers, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are right, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is any praise, think on these things. Philippians 4 verse 8 I failed to do that. I rushed into conclusions that my friend did not want to have anything to do with me. I was wrong. You've heard me. I was wrong. God always forgives people. We also should always forgive people. Pray for them, even fast for them. Love them like God and Jesus loves them. We may not know the reasons for their actions, but we need to choose to forgive. When that revelation dawned on me, I said, Lord, I'm sorry for all the times I've only cried out to you because I was in distress, and the moment you delivered me, I stopped fellowshipping with you. I want us to have a new relationship because now I know how you feel in your heart when we act like that toward you. Help me, Lord Jesus, to fellowship with you in the good times and in the times of my prosperity, not just when I'm in trouble. Let me become a true friend who stays with you in the bad times and in the good times. Thus Jesus tells us to forgive always, and God will forgive us because we also forgive our fellow humans who are indebted to us. Luke 11 verse 4 For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Matthew six fourteen to 15 I remember working with some brothers in a church work some years ago, and they agreed that some of us would be actively involved in that work, and that they would also support financially the church work. I was not in the meeting, and I was not in charge of the church work. I was there only to help. So after some time, 
I found I was left alone doing the church work and all those who said they would do it were nowhere to be found. I asked one of them and that person told me, I am no longer interested in that church work and others decided not to honour their written and signed financial agreements to the work. I said to myself, did they not count the cost of that church work before starting it, like the Bible says? Why will they leave the work unfinished? Luke fourteen twenty-eight to 30 Why will they lay their hands on the plow and then look back? This is the way of those who are not fit for the kingdom. Luke 9, verse 62 Thank God that some of the people kept at least their financial commitment. So as I was doing that work, there were times that I had to sleep in the streets for that work to carry on. There were times I had to go on a prolonged forced fast to be able to save money so I could pay for the hotel accommodation where the work was based so that I did not have to sleep in the street, especially in winter time. And because of all those things that were hard on me and my body, I became angry and bitter, having sharp words towards some of the people who made the written and signed commitment for the church work. And when some of them were calling me on the phone, it was not to ask how I as a person was doing, but to know about the church work, which made me bitter towards them again. Whenever I talked, I was gentle and kind, but in my heart there was that anger and bitterness. I would say with my mouth, I have forgiven them, but inside me there was that anger and bitterness. And one day, as I was reading my Bible, the Lord spoke to me, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and tumult and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Ephesians four thirty-one to 32 That is when I said, Lord, help me forgive these people as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven me. And Jesus told me, It is the way you've been seeing things from the beginning that is wrong. You think you are working for men, or for a church, or it is the church that sent you to do that work. That is why your eyes are on them, and when they are not faithful to their written and signed commitment, you are angry and bitter towards them. Paul went through a similar experience for the preaching of the gospel, as he said, I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians four twelve to 13 Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, For your sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep of slaughter. But in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Romans eight thirty five to thirty seven.